I am Pleiadian Emissary of Light, Caroline Ra. Thank you all for joining us today. Welcome to Spirit of the Dawn. We have a very special show today as we will be exploring the stories, symbols, patterns, shapes, and sounds that take us to a, a deeper knowing about ourselves, our shared journey, and the process of being whole, of healing. My guest today, author Jennifer Gale, has taken on the role of scholar in creating her first book, The Science of Planetary Signatures in Medicine, Restoring the Cosmic Foundations of Healing. Jennifer weaves together wisdom surrounding healing from ancient sources and symbols, which also lies hidden within our cells, our DNA, and throughout the cosmos. Separated from this information, we are now being guided back to reconnect and remember that all of creation lives in our hearts, that we are truly one, and in this wholeness lies our healing. Jennifer's unique background in music, energy healing, and astrology serves as a bridge between ancient wisdom and keys to our own personal and planetary evolution. I am delighted to welcome to Spirit of the Dawn, author Jennifer Gale. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Jennifer, congratulations on writing this amazing book. Uh, why do you feel you were called forth to bring forth this work at this time? Well, it was not something I had planned, obviously. I was in grad school and I was doing a lot of writing and discovering that I liked it, that I had a talent for putting knowledge together in such a way that people could appreciate in the form of writing. But um, I had been actually, I had attended an herbal class and they were talking about the different properties and herbs and plants and how plants actually speak to us with their medicinal properties. And they, and I knew that there were planetary correspondences as well with the plants. And as I was sitting in class, this phrase came to me, bringing planetary medicine down to earth. And that's what my Facebook page is called. So I had no idea at that point it was going to be a book, but life continued. I went on and, and when I found myself writing as a grad student and collaborating with Dr. Mikosi, I'll, I'll just briefly state how that came about because my first semester as a grad student, um, I was introduced to his textbook, Complementary and Alternative Medicine. And I was so impressed with his representation from the physician's pr perspective on these ancient complementary therapies that I, I thanked him. I reached out to him and thanked him. One thing led to another. We did more writing together. And in the course of collaborating, I, it, the idea from the herbal class came back to me and I'm like, how would you like to help me write a book? So he said, I have the perfect publisher in mind, and I wrote the proposal, he edited it, we submitted it, the publisher loved the idea, and that's really when the journey began. That's when, for me, um, a lot more synchronicities came up. And so it, it was a uh, like an Alice in Wonderland <laughs> magical mystery tour, and I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. 
Wonderful. Jennifer, you have a deep background in music, astrology, energy medicine, and how has that background helped you to weave and actually even understand the information that you uh, have uh, shared with us in the book? Yeah. Um, well, my background, yes, I, I began as a musician at the age of six, and I've always valued the healing power of music, always felt it. And after college, I became interested in other energy therapies. So I began to study them, Reiki, healing, touch, <clears throat> all the different, you know, possible, well, many different energy therapies out there. But I was looking specifically for something that would combine sound and energy. So um, eventually, I found myself working at an acupuncture school. And one of the perks was receiving acupuncture treatments. And I became absolutely enthralled with the system of Chinese medicine and feeling a difference. And so the guy I was dating at the time went to a double AOM convention. He knew I was already working with tuning forks. Um, I had been working with John Beaulieu's system of healing, doing biosonic repatterning. And um, I just felt like for me, that approach was not getting specific enough to clients' issues and what they would present with. So when he, my, my boyfriend at the time, brought back the tuning forks from Acutonics, um, I was really interested. So I began pursuing that. And when I learned that it brought all of my passions together, it brought the music in, it brought the planetary science in because the tuning forks are calibrated to the, the planetary frequencies. And I forgot to talk about that, how astrology came into my, my background. But um, anyway, Chinese medicine, planetary frequencies, and the sound just integrated everything beautifully for me. Um, I will just mention, as a teenager, it was around the time, age 13, 14, that I began to investigate who I am through the language of astrology. And I just was blown away by, you know, when you're at that age, you, you just feel <laughs> like you don't really fit in. You want to fit in, you want to belong, but you just, I just felt out of my element all the time in my family and my, around my peers. But astrology, um, along with listening to music, astrology really helped me understand who I am my, and celebrate my unique qualities. So anyway. <laughs> Thank you. That's wonderful. Uh, now, the, the science of planetary signatures and medicine is a scholarly work. I want to show everyone the uh, book so that they can see it. It's absolutely beautiful. It has so much information in it, but it's much more than simple research. Can you tell us what else has gone into creating this book? Yes. Um, it was highly intuitive, the guidance that came in, when it came in. I mean, yes, I developed a proposal and I had an outline for the book. I had an idea of what was going to, you know, what the chapters were going to be. But I realized pretty quickly <laughs> the undertaking that, uh, that was involved. And um, I just 
felt absolutely surrounded. Well, I had an interesting experience, actually, as I began to gather books and research for the book, for the very first chapter in the introduction. And um, I had a, a visitation. Uh, I'll just tell you. I mean, it was a download, very clearly a download of information. And I don't even know that I, I could describe it it was just it was an energy and a vibration my whole spine was vibrating I, I in the lucid dream I started to levitate and um, and then I you know I, I didn't see a being but I felt a presence and so it was that presence that was with me through the entire process I didn't rush it I just stayed with it and it was a, a beautiful blend for me of the intellectual side that I really wanted to bring in and why Dr. Mikosi is part of the work because I didn't want to alienate people who are very rational, who need those explanations for why things happen, why I should believe in this. So I didn't want it to be all energy and spiritual, you know, and intuitive without bringing in the substance. And so for me, um, I'm truly humbled, I'm very grateful, and <laughs> over, like, just in awe of the help that I had to substantiate the intuitive guidance that I was receiving with the history and the science. That's a fascinating process. Um, I want to talk so much. There's so many things about the book and, and your experience of writing it. Um, I feel very deeply that our planet was seeded with healing wisdom in our plants, in our trees, um, in our DNA, in our astrology, um, and that this wisdom was passed on to us as symbols and stories. And I think we share that. I'd love to talk about that. Could you talk about um, the history of how the information's been seeded and um, shared with us and hidden in places. Yes, well, um, we don't know the full history because like you said, so much has been hidden. And we've got the Eastern ancient cultures who carried forth their information on this through oral you know, traditions, um, it wasn't written until later on, and but um, and so much of it was also symbolic. So they're allegorical stories, and that's why so much of it has been relegated to legends and myths. But I, I do find it interesting that a lot of our words, and I'm fascinated with etymology. Um, a lot of our words have been redefined, just like our history has been redefined. And so getting to the truth and the original origin is really tricky. But what, what my book um, endeavors to do is to make those connections so that people be can begin to ask questions. And I mean, I went down many, many rabbit holes and I feel like I'm going down one now. So I'm going to try to get back <laughs> on track here <laughs> to what I started to say about words and definitions. And one of them being myth. 
the original definition of myth was records of the ancient peoples. And it was redefined by the church to mean stories veering far from any truth. So here we have, you know, a time in our history when the ancient wisdom was relegated to the fanciful. And, um, but absolutely, you know, we, we got away from nature and at the birth of Western medicine, which really began with Hippocrates, they separated energy and spirituality from the mundane, the physical, and the substances. So up until the time of Hippocrates, what was practiced was hermetic medicine, which comes from alchemy. Alchemy is ancient, and alchemy is the root of our modern chemistry and modern science. The language of alchemy includes the astrological constellations and the seven original planets, the seven metals that they used. And there is an exoteric and an esoteric application of alchemy. Esoteric meaning the more yin, receptive, intuitive, um, you know, uh, the baser instincts of a human being being transformed into the God-Goddess being, the divine nature of who we are. And exoteric was the actual transformation of physical substances, such as lead into gold or disease into wellness. Jennifer, can you share with us more examples of um, how things connect up um, with uh, planetary wisdom connects up within our body, how, you know, within our DNA? And can you, can you start sharing with us some of the, um, the matchups and the correlations that, that you share in the book? Very broadly, I can. <laughs> um, for instance, there are correspondences between the seven original planets and our seven endocrine uh, glands. And this comes from different, and there are different correspondences according to whether it's Ayurvedic or Chinese medicine, um, different, but different cultures all over the globe knew about these planetary correspondences as above, so below. That's what hermetic medicine means, it comes from Hermes Trimagistus. Um, so as above, so below, as within, so without. And the same order that holds the planets in their orbits is that which keeps the organs in harmony and working in the body. But at the cellular level, organ, organ level, um, all at energetic level, there are correspondences. So um, I, I'm not going to give you one you know, like a list of chakras and these planets, the endocrine, endocrine glands and these planets, because it is all in the book and there are many different schools of thought. But the, the underlying root and foundation that all cultures share, ancient cultures and ancient medicine shares, is the fact that there are planetary energies that we activate and that we live in our body, that we experience in our body. When you do your work with clients, you're working with their astrological chart and sound. Um, 
Wow. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Um, <laughs> so what I do is actually, you know, I borrow from Chinese medicine because acutonics is based on fundamentals of Chinese medicine. But I enhance and customize the treatment for clients based on their cosmic imprint, the celestial signature, as it is represented by the natal chart. So I, I look at it mathematically, harmonically. I'm looking at patterns. And I also am very interested in what is going on right now in the client's life. What is up for healing? What is, how is the universe knocking on the door of the client's life and saying, we need to transform this now? This is up for change. And so as I gather the patterns from the intake form and use, you know, what I've learned from Chinese medicine and energy medicine, looking at the, doing an, a, a chakra assessment, um, I'm looking at the planetary players that are contributing to the stress, the disease, the, the distress in their life and in their body, and then um, using it at, like harmonic homeopathy. So we're bringing back into balance and restoring the planetary frequencies that are up for healing right now, that are bearing pressure on the client. Jennifer, is this something people can practice on their own in, in, for their own healing if they're more aware of the connections and the influences going on in their lives? Yeah, I mean, it's easier to go to someone who is already indoctrinated in the language and, <laughs> and so you can just lie on the table and receive. But um, for people... Let's see. Self-treatment is something, you know, when we're talking about the, the, anal the chart analysis, um, unless they're really well-versed in the language and art of astrology, they may need to seek help from either an acutonics practitioner or an astrologer to understand the larger picture of what is happening in their life. Because we have um, the natal chart, which is the snapshot of the sky at the time a person is born. And that's a signature that, that we all carry with us. Um, so it fundamentally does not change. However, it is impacted and influenced by planets that become trans, you know, the transiting planets that be, act like triggers or that activate certain energy in that cosmic signature, um, just like needle insertion activates energy or tuning fork on those points activates the energy. Transits do the same thing with the cosmic signature. So a, a person would need to understand the language of astrology if they were to practice the medicine that I am <laughs> describing in the book. Right. Um, I've studied alchemical healing and plant spirit medicine, and um, I really like to talk about the elements. And uh, you mentioned them a lot in the book, and I think that's really important because they, the elements seem to run through everything, including us. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. So, Absolutely. Yeah, let's, let's share 
the elements with everyone. Okay. Um, yeah, that really is a great place to start because we all understand the four seasons. We understand fire, earth, air, water. We've all heard of that. So, you know, we begin with yin and yang. And these are the basic components that need to be in balance in all of us. Solar, lunar energies, masculine, feminine energies that need to be in balance for there to be optimal health. Then the yang elements are broken down with their, they become fire and air. They're the yang elements. Earth and water are the yin. So fire and air are upward moving, earth and water downward descending. Um, so look at how fire operates in nature. It moves quickly. It's loud. It's moving in every direction. It's consuming and transforming what is in its path. Fire represents spirit, okay? Then we have air, which represents intellect. Air, like fire, is constantly moving, but it's circulating above ground all the time. It rearranges what's in its environment. It isn't easily grounded. It's always upward moving, circulating, okay? Um, then we have the two yin elements, earth and water. Earth from our standpoint, never moves. It's slow, I mean, we know it's moving in the solar system, but from our perspective, it is immovable, solid, dependable, it's our home. We absolutely rely on Earth, um, you know, to, to not change. <laughs> we, we rely on the solid ground beneath our feet. Um, <clears throat> and then, and Earth represents the material, the physical. So body, the five senses, um, water, is represents emotion and when we look at how water operates in nature two drops of water will bond immediately you cannot separate one drop of water from the rest of the ocean or river um, or glass um, and so what the water element immediately takes on the shape of its environment it bonds to its environment and so that's why water emotions are you know the water signs are very empathic because as soon as they walk into a room they feel the emotion of everything of everyone in the room so um each element fire is aries leo sagittarius um now that of course is only representing the sun sign it's not looking at the whole cosmic imprint or celestial signature but the fire signs, for those who may not know, um, Aries, Leo, Sag, or the fire. Air is uh, Gemini, Libra, Aquarius. Earth signs, uh, Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn. And water signs are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. But you can see how just by observing these elements in nature, we can understand the basics of our own fundamental nature, at least our conscious uh, energy as represented by the sun. Wow, thank you so much. That was really wonderful. And I think that we all know people who are, are you know, fiery. I'm an Aries, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> and then um, people, I know cancers are much more uh, emotional and mm -hmm. different signs and we all know people and it really brings it to life when we relate it to people we know exactly yeah, to ourselves uh 
There's so many interesting things, but then the zodiac corresponds to plants, herbs, colors also. That I don't completely understand. Can you explain that? Well, there's a lot of overlapping, and there are experts out there that have a whole anthology of these correspondences. Um, but for that, you know, uh, you would look to Natural Magic by Agrippa von Nietzscheum. Um, I think uh, Eliphas Levi is another one that I, whose work I bring into the book. And, <clears throat> but yeah, so the plants and the gems and, and the minerals that grow on this planet, our planet Earth, um, <clears throat> are alive and enlivened by not just the sun and moon, but all of the planets in our solar system. They take in and transduce and transmit these energies. So all really is planetary medicine. I mean, planet Earth medicine and planetary as in what is coming from the solar system. So uh, I don't know what else I can, no, I can tell you. It's fascinating because in your book you said you were talking about something. I always knew that um, crystals and rocks all had consciousness and I yeah. communicated with them, but I never really thought of them as growing. And that oh. was a new concept for me. Oh, isn't it? I mean, that really blew me away too. And the one story that I am recalling right now is Paracelsus, who was a 16th century physician who carried or brought back really hermetic medicine principles. And he formed elixirs himself. According to the records and um, all that is written about him, he was able to cure in, uh, incredible diseases that um, with these elixirs. But the story I wanted to share is that he was highly intuitive. He spent a lot of time in nature and that's what he believed all physicians should begin to do, develop the intuitive faculties, not just the intellectual. He began to listen to the miners who worked in the earth and cultivated, you know, looking for gold or, or different gems. And <clears throat> what he learned from them is that they might be digging in one area and find nothing. And then years later, they will come back to that same area and they will find gold. They'll find these minerals just growing. So yeah, and I've got goosebumps. So I mean, <laughs> when, I, <laughs> when I read that, because the point is that whether we're talking fire, earth, air, or water, all of it is alive. And even though Earth, our planet, appears to not move, appears to be stagnant or things are static, we know that's not true because, I mean, look at all plant life. <laughs> and we don't see the plants as they're growing, do we? We just, it's like one day it's a, yeah, um, just a stem. And then a, day, a few days later, you might see a bud and then it blossoms later on. But the same thing is going on under the ground in the earth. 
So yes, all is alive. It's just different cycles really of growth. Now you've used the phrase hermetic, which is stems from Hermes, which is the same as Toth or Thoth or different names for him. Um, is he one of the beings who you've been working with and bringing forth this work? Absolutely, yes. Because he helps write a lot of really great books. <laughs> well, he's the scribe, right? Yes, <laughs> definitely. And, I think he's here right now asking me to <laughs> talk uh -huh. more about that, really, because he's had a tremendous influence in bringing information that a lot of people right now in the age that we're living in are help working with him to bring forth a lot of really really important information for us in our own evolution. So uh, let's yeah. talk a, about him a little bit and his role and his history on our planet. Gosh, um, Hermes, and as you mentioned, uh, known by the Egyptians as Toth, uh, that's how I pronounce it, it's pronounced. Everyone pronounce it differently, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he was also thought to be Enoch, from the Bible, who was taken up to view the heavens. He was the scribe, the messenger, who um, brought back all of this knowledge to humans on the planet, uh, brought back the planetary knowledge, the different levels of the heavens. And um, so he is associated, oh, let me see. Uh, you see the problem. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna disclose this, Caroline, <laughs> and to your readers. I did a lot of research as I was writing this book. Not all of it sticks with me, so I kind of have to go back and revisit my own book. So, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's I hard. Mean, <laughs> it's hard for me to retain everything in the book. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so packed, and, and it is yeah. packed. And uh, like I said, I had a lot of help for digesting the, the information that was coming in in a way that I could present it. But um, so Hermes asked lives. So he definitely believed in reincarnation and he had a memory of being the son of Hermes. And uh, when asked, you know, what he was given a choice basically of uh, couple of different things and he chose to remember his past lives but there is this lineage of the whole um, hermetic and alchemical knowledge that goes well beyond Pythagorean mystical school and and really goes back to the serpents of wisdom that were just that Mark Pinkham talked about in his book. Um, but all over the globe in all of these cultures, you know, alchemy was practiced and it was brought into our awareness, earth, earth that is, by Hermes Trimagistus. And who there are two Hermes. So there was <laughs> And by that, I mean, um, he like in one incarnation, in, in two incarnations, in other words, he was called Hermes. But there was the grandfather, and then, um, and I, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm, I feel like I'm being very vague, but I will have to refer people to the book because yes, definitely. It's, it, it's, it's written more clearly in there than I am describing it. 
Well, it's, right now. it's a really very huge subject, and we could get into Atlantis and Lemuria and all of the different places oh, yeah. and the origins of where these people then came and seeded yeah. cultures with this wisdom, Egypt being one of the places that Toth went to to seed uh, the information there. And then, um, but the book we're talking about is The Science of Planetary Signatures in Medicine, Restoring the Cosmic Foundations of Healing. And we're talking with Jennifer Gale, who wrote this book with Dr. Mark Mikosi. And this is what the cover looks like. It's a lovely, a lovely cover. It's really fascinating. It's a scholarly work. Do you consider yourself a scholar? I consider myself a seeker, a researcher. Um, to some degree, I do. I do think that I'm a scholar. I mean, I'm always studying. I went back to school and I am very much concerned with presenting, <laughs> presenting work that is based on substantiation. And that, so for that, I am very grateful. But I mean, there are many different levels and degrees of scholar. And I mean, I'm not one of these scholars who has been around the world and done the, you know, research archeology span and things like that. My journey has very much been an inner journey, but it's also been heavily influenced and guided by the need to support and substantiate with intellectual understanding, if that makes sense. So I've, I've tried to be a balance of both. Definitely, and, 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 and certainly being a scholar takes many forms. Um, yes. It's not just one way to be a scholar. Um, now, you're still, you're doing ongoing communications. You've had a very metaphysical life in many ways. And yes. uh, tell us about transmissions and information that you're still receiving. And I know you're also writing a second book. So um, yes. if you could share us what's in the now for you, that would be fantastic. Lately, uh, what I've been resonating with a great deal is what is called Melchi the Melchizedek Order of Initiates. And it isn't just one specific group like Arcturian, Pleiadian. It's really um, a group of all the in the intergalactic community. Um, and these transmissions, I have to say, I, I've been... I, I hope it's okay to mention the woman who does them. Her name is Anrita Melchizedek, and I found them um, on YouTube. <laughs> but from the moment I began listening to these transmissions, and they are very much an initiation, they are very much changing. I can feel myself changing at the subatomic level. Every month there is a new one. And these initiations have really changed my life. I mean, just amped it up. <laughs> so at the same time that, I mean, I felt grounded and I felt um, the higher frequencies simultaneously when I was writing the first book. But I feel like it's being amplified that much more, more anchored, more grounded, more centered in my life in the now moment, but also incredibly um, expanded, supported, and loved. I mean, just deeply appreciated by this intergalactic community. 
And I, I want to share one other thing because this was part of my journey too. Um, I recently had a shamanic healing with a very good friend of mine. And um, normally what would come through for him are more, you know, like animal totems and things like that. But cosmic beings came in and said very specifically, tell her that she has a cosmic safety net. And he followed it up, they followed it up by saying, while this does apply to her, that is what she is here. That is the message she is here to deliver to others. That we, at this time, the human family, have a cosmic safety net. And we need to remember how loved and appreciated we are, how guided we are. So these higher octaves, that, uh, these waves of energy that are coming onto the planet right now, um, are so important to tune into. And for us to remember that how we perceive our world and our life is hugely important. And it comes down to really simple, simple choices. Do we want to view life and our, and our health or our well-being through the lens of fear? Or do we want to view life and our health and well-being through the lens of love and trust? and the implicate order. And this is what I talk about in the book. It's the implicate order that everything is moving towards harmony. Everything is unified, no matter how chaotic it appears. So this is the message that is really coming home to me more and more. And what I would love, what I want to share with, you know, your listeners. Beautiful. That's really beautiful. Thank you, Jennifer. We have had an amazing time today talking with author Jennifer Gale, discussing her new book, The Science of Planetary Signatures and Medicine. You can learn more about Jennifer's work at her website, soundworksbygale, G-E-H-L.com. Jennifer, I'm hoping that you can share some closing words of wisdom with us today, in addition to all the words you've shared already. Um, well, one of the things that I like to remind people when I'm asked, you know, what would you like for people to take away from the book? What's the one thing? And aside from what I just said, you know, about really trusting life, trusting the process of life. Um, <clears throat> the other thing I mentioned is that the law of reciprocity is a cosmic law. It is not just a religious doctrine. It's how the cosmos operates. It's how all things on this planet Earth operate. And so remembering that the law of reciprocity is affecting us all the time with what we think, what we say, what we do. And the more, the more that we can trust, <laughs> um, there are always reasons to fear the chaos. But chaos and dissonance are only there to serve the greater unity and harmony that is always taking place and that trumps everything else. So, no, Jennifer. Uh, stay positive. <laughs> so beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing this time with us on Spirit of the Dawn. It's been absolutely delightful for me to talk with you, to meet you, and to Likewise. 
I, I own the book. I get to read this all the time. It's fascinating. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Carolyn. Deep gratitude to Brian, Zach, and Synergy for the use of their song, Embrace the Change. I thank all of you for joining with us today, and I invite you to visit spiritofthedawn.com for more inspirational interviews. Sending love from my home to yours. I am the Adian Emissary of Light, Caroline Roth. Thank you.